Dave Fanning on 2FM. Now, there's no denying that The Last of Us is the TV show that everybody's talking about this week. Based on the 2013 video game, it depicts the world in 2023. That's 20 years after a mass fungal infection sparks a global pandemic. The infection causes its victims to transform into hostile, cannibalistic creatures. That's right, zombies. The HBO drama depicts a horrifying post-apocalyptic world, but how likely is it to one day become a reality? I mean, with fungal infections on the rise, could what we're seeing on screens be our future? Well, one person who may have the answer to this question is Associate Professor at the University of Birmingham, Rebecca Drummond. She's written a fascinating article explaining the likelihood of a fungal-inspired pandemic and explains why there may be some cause for concern around fungal infections. And she's here now to tell us more. So, Rebecca, you're very welcome to the programme. First of all, tell us about how you know so much about the subject. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you very much for inviting me. Um, I, I mean, I've been fascinated with fungi from uh, a young age. I think they're a really fascinating uh, kingdom, really, of life. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, we use them actually almost every day in lots of different products. I think a lot of people don't uh, appreciate that. But the other thing that we don't appreciate is the fact the impact on our health. And so that's what I started researching when I was a student. Um, and I've continued all the way up throughout my career so far. Well, the first few minutes of the programme when the experts are all there saying what could be possible in many years to come from about three or four decades ago is kind of scary because now we're in the kind of post-pandemic phase, we're in the climate change, we're in the hotter world, supposedly. So what are the chances of what we see in The Last of Us being an actual reality? So, there, I mean, there's some element of truth to what they were saying in the beginning and about the climate change, we think, affecting um, how fungi are adapting yeah. to our warming world and how that might then affect infections. So there is actually examples of that um, happening now. This is something that is very, very recent, just in the last 10 years of research that we've started to um, see this. And a lot of it is um, still theory, but we do have some good data from the labs that would suggest that this might be happening. And this is happening with um, fungal species that can already grow at our body temperature. So we already know that those groups of fungi can cause um, infections simply because they can grow at 37 degrees Celsius. Because the vast majority of fungi cannot, they, they much prefer being in soils or mm. pond water or something like that. Well, um, well hold on. But like, like, so the fungus that causes the pandemic in the programme is based on a real life virus, isn't it? It's a, a real fungus, yes. So it's a, yeah. a group of fungi called the, the cordyceps fungus. So there's lots of different species of cordyceps fungi. At the moment, they do not like being at warmer temperatures. So that is partly why they mostly infect insects, because insects are, are not warm-blooded. So there's lots of different types of um, cordyceps fungi, and they tend to infect specific types of insects. So you have a cordyceps fungi that infects ants, another one that will infect spiders, one that will infect grasshoppers, and so on. And in the show, what they're trying to say is that if that cordyceps fungi could mutate to grow at our temperature, could it then infect humans? And then that, that's the big question, right? <laughs> so in other words, like the in- insects who are infected with cordyceps, they've little or no control of their actions as the fungus takes over their nervous system before eventually growing out of their bodies. And, you know, we see that's, a bit of this. That's exactly, right. yeah, that's so, exactly what we see here. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way the uh, infected humans are acting in the programme on television, is that really how an infection like this would make us behave? Um. I mean, it's hard to say with cordyceps, but in cordyceps, that's essentially what it does to the insects. Fungal infections in humans, um, while they are very dangerous, they don't look like that. Um, You probably see more of the sort of early stages of infections in Last of Us in the sense of, um, you know, the the twitching and the loss of motor control. Because when fungi get into our brain, they cause a lot of symptoms of meningitis. So this is a lot of similar symptoms that we would see in terms of, you know, developing seizures, severe headaches, um, you know, vision problems and so on. 
Um, so fungal meningitis is very similar to like bacterial meningitis, for example. So like in tropical or subtropical and even temperate forests, probably, um, the, 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 the many species of fungus that infect insects like ants, etc., they spread spores. I mean, this cordyceps that you talk about, is that available? Like, I mean, do, do people use that in Chinese medicine for kidney dis- diseases and, and stuff? Yes, they do. Um, there's thought to be some um, interesting properties within the cordyceps fungus, so it is um, sort of being manufactured almost as part of um, Chinese medicine. Um, there's really very little research on actually how the cordyceps fungus affects our immune system or our physiology. Um, so I can't really tell you exactly how that's working yeah. um, because we just don't know. Um, most of my research is looking at the uh, other fungal species that we know really can infect and really do infect um, cause big problems to our immune system, for example. Okay, so our immune system, in other words, humans. So in human history, are there examples of fungal infections causing what I would call major harm? Uh, yes, there are. So um, about a million people every year die from fungal infections, um, which is actually more than malaria, for example, right? Um, mm. So there's a very large Im- impact of fungal infections on our, our global human health. So the majority of um, deaths from fungal infections is caused by a disease called cryptococcal meningitis, this is a, a fungal brain infection, and it primarily affects people in sub-Saharan Africa, uh, particularly those who have AIDS. Um, so this is an AIDS-defining um, illness. And the reason that we see these types of fungal infections in those patients is because the immune system has become damaged, mm. for example, in that case by HIV infection. But we see this in uh, cancer patients, patients who are having organ transplants um, and various other types of ailments. So anything that really damages the immune system can then cause these fungal infections to take hold. And they're really um, very difficult to treat compared to bacterial infections. And that's why the death rate is so high for those infections. I mean, everything in the human body is very different, so different from the insects that these, you know, that this fungus would usually infect or these various funguses would usually affect our fungi. So basically, like, which ones should we be concerned about? Like, I'm asking that from my point of view because I'm not an ant. Yes. <laughs> yes. So in order for cordyceps to infect us, they would have to not just only evolve the warmer temperatures, they would have to evolve to get past our immune defences. Yeah. Because as humans, we are typically quite resistant, actually, to most fungal infections. And we usually see these very dangerous fungal infections when the immune system has become damaged. And so the fungi that tend to cause infections um, are the one I mentioned, cryptococcus. Um, so this is a fungus that's in the environment. It's, it grows in the soil. So we breathe in the spores all the time. It's just that most of us because you've got a nice healthy immune system, those spores don't bother you. Um, it's when that immune system gets damaged, then those spores can germinate, and that's when they get into the brain. Um, and then there's uh, another fungus that causes a very common, uh, or sort of common, or relatively speaking, common infection, um, which is candida. So that was mentioned in the beginning of the show as well. So candida mm-hmm. is a yeast that grows in our guts, in part of our like you know microbiome. And again, in most healthy people, you don't even know it's there. It's not going to cause you any problems. But if you do have any immune system problems or um, we've done some research showing that if you take antibiotics for a very long time, that can then cause this fungus to then start causing you um, infections uh, in in your gut, for example. And the global warming question, I mean, an epidemiologist suggests that climate change could make harmful fungi more tolerant to warmer temperatures. So as a result, they could more readily jump to warm blooded humans. I mean, is this a real concern or a bit of a leap? Um, There is a concern about a particular um, candida species, actually, called Candida auris. Um, So this is a species of fungus that was first described in 2009. Um, So nobody had heard of this fungus before then. And one of the unusual traits about it is it can grow right up to 42 degrees centigrade. So we weren't uh, expecting that because that's very unusual in fungi. 
But then what was even more surprising is it's since arrived um, independently in three different continents. Mm. Um, and that's really quite a big concern because that's very unusual and that we don't fully understand how that's happened. But it, based on the genetic testing of this fungus, we know that it's an independent event. It's not that the fungus has spread around the world. It just seems to be evolving independently in these different continents. And the reason that we're very concerned about it is because it causes uh, life-threatening infections in vulnerable people. Um, the other concern there is also it seems to like to colonise or, or grow on our skin. That means you can very easily spread it around a hospital or a care home, um, making it much harder to contain. So that's the, the main example we have of a yeah. fungus that has arisen very, very quickly. So, so, you know, within, what, 10, 15 years, it's come up in three different continents and it can grow at these warmer temperatures that we don't normally see for this species. If fungus did evolve enough to be harmful on a big scale, would it be airborne or how would it spread? Um, so most fungal infections start yeah, from airborne spores. So most fungi will produce spores, which we then inhale. But there's no evidence to suggest that when you are infected, that you then infect another person. So fungal infections typically aren't infectious diseases in that sense. And that's because when the fungus gets into your lung, um, that spore gets in, it'll germinate. And that germinates into a new type of cell. So fungal, fungi are kind of shapeshifters, if you like. Right. So once they shapeshift into that other cell type in your lung, um, there's no evidence to suggest that they will then go back into a spore. So if you've got a fungal infection in your lung, you're not breathing out spores, and so you're unlikely to infect other people. So it doesn't happen in the same way as, you know, COVID-19, for yeah. example. Do you know, like, with fewer antifungals out there, like, I, I, there has been some kind of a rise, hasn't there, in the number of people becoming ill with fungal infections? Yes, absolutely. And I think there's lots of uh, different factors there. Part of that is because the number of people who have damaged immune systems is on the increase. So, for example, um, certain cancer treatments that we take, they're really, really good at um, you know, killing the, the tumours and the cancer and helping cure you of your cancer, but they can also have these off-target effects by affecting your immune system, and that can make you vulnerable to then getting the fungal infection. So the more we use these kind of modern medical drugs, the more we see uh, the type of people who might be more likely to get fungal infections increasing. Um, and that's why it's really important that we study these in more detail so we can actually provide the drugs, the antifungal drugs and treatments to help treat those uh, vulnerable patients. So definitely. And increase awareness. Yeah. Really, yeah. So like it has to be said then that it's more attention needs to be given to the potential dangers of fungi before it's too late, maybe? Yes, absolutely, yeah, because our, our treatment options are much more limited for fungal yeah. infections than they are for bacteria. So we, we have no vaccines, for example, against fungi at all. Um, and we only have a very limited number of antifungal drugs and you mentioned resistance, um, so you can imagine if you have fungi that are resistant to all of our antifungal drugs, we don't have that many other drugs on the shelf that we can reach for to, to treat our patients with. Right, I see. Well, fascinating stuff. Associate Professor at the University of Birmingham, Rebecca Drummond. Rebecca, thanks so much for talking with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Dave Fanning on 2FM.